Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Chris, how are you? Is that awkward? It's, this is super strange. Tell everyone Super what strange. So, today we are doing our very first video podcast. Um, so right now we are streaming live on Twitch. Yeah. We are also uh, recording this for YouTube later. So we've heard from a couple of people that they prefer to listen on YouTube. Um, so we just decided that we were going to record there too, add some video to it. Now cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Jillian is way hotter than me. And no, this is not no even person. true. This is not even true. Chris is the cutest thing that's ever existed. Um, but guys, take a look at the set. Yes, it's amazing. It was built by producer Ace. Um, he went from intern Ace to producer Ace pretty darn fast. But uh, didn't take producer pay. Still Does this still pay. still an intern pay? Thank you, Ace, <laughs> for your contributions. Um, but yeah, he did an awesome job, and we are going to be here every week. Yeah, we might slowly add to the set, but this is where we're at today. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, we absolutely love it. Yeah, big shout Lights out are to Ace all this together. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Incredible. Anything before we jump in? Christopher, what was the most millennial thing that happened to you this week? Okay. As most of you are aware, if you listen, uh, Jillian and I spent uh, the better part of two weeks. Yeah. I would say closer to two weeks uh, down in Australia uh, and got back the weekend, just last weekend, yeah. right? Slowly getting back to normal and sleep, right? Slowly getting back it's normal. a real struggle. It really is. But... Jillian and I fell in love with Toasties in Australia. And for all of those who don't know what Toasties are, they're exactly what they sound like. It's like a, a toasted sandwich of, of some nature. Like a grilled right? cheese, yeah. And so I've been making Jillian millennial Toasties all week, just avocado toast, all sorts of th different things of avocado toast. But that's the most millennial thing I did. Millennial Chef Chris... Avocado toast for Jeech. I am dying because that was my millennial thing ah, of the week. Gotcha. <laughs> Good job. So other than, yeah, same exact thing. That was the most millennial thing that's happened to me this week. Um, fabulous. <laughs> well, we love that for us. Mm -hmm. And he, Chef Chris is incredible. He makes the best toasties. He makes them with like all of the care and the love in the world. So yesterday I had one with like avocado and some balsamic and so with some like fancy cheese on it. And today I had one that had like an egg and avocado. It was just so good. I love her any egg. Um, thank goodness for Chris. Um, thank goodness avocados came down in price. I bit. know. I saw <laughs> three for five the other day at Harmon's yesterday when I was wandering around in there and I was like, do I just buy all the avocados right now? <laughs> Oh, amazing. Okay. Well, I love that. Chris, I'm very excited to talk to you today about what we're going to talk about. Ooh, what is it? And you might notice I'm dressed up like, okay, back up. Yep. I don't know if you've seen on TikToks. We went through each other's TikToks for like five minutes the other day and we are on very, we intersect smallly on TikTok, but we are pretty different. And my TikTok has all been like teacher outfits. Like if I were a teacher, here's what I would wear. And if I were a teacher, you guys can't see it as a crop top. <laughs> if I were Britney Spears as a teacher, this is what I would wear. And I'm wearing this today because we are going back to school. Back to school. Back to school. 
well, I should have gotten all of my like neon clothes from my youth because everything was black Absolutely and neon when I was in that, like should. small elementary school. Yes, mentally get your trapper keeper together. Oh. Like, get that, get those fresh sharpened pencil, pencil memories. holders. Yes, yes. Trapper keepers were actually banned in my school. We'll have to talk about that later. But <laughs> get your Lisa Frank. Your didn't have Lisa Frank. Uh, pack of number two pencils, nice and sharp. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, everything in. Incredible. Okay, put yourself back in fifth and sixth grade. Oh, fifth and sixth? Hold on. Fifth and sixth. All right, oh, land in there. Can't show my feet. Land in there. Pretty sir. Ace's note. Can't show the feet for free. Um, okay, so we're in fifth and sixth grade. Okay. And we are in dare. Ooh, dare. <laughs> dare. Wow. So many memories. So many memories. Okay. If, if almost no one, uh, I assume almost no one that listens to us didn't have this lived experience, but can you tell people what dare is? Can you tell people what dare can is? I, I want to hear. Tell I can tell you what it stands for. It is definitely oh, an acronym for something. Okay. Fair. But uh, essentially a police officer from your local, uh, police you know town police force comes in and there is a children's social program usually administrated in elementary schools where they um inform slash scare uh children into um lessons that all drugs are bad how to avoid drugs how to i guess interact and avoid drugs. It, it was a whole program ar- around keeping ki- children off drugs, right? Exactly. Did, what, what are your memories from Dare, Chris? Um, you're, ask, you're asking me to go back a little bit. I am asking <laughs> you to go back. Save the, save the exciting thing that I don't know. Okay. But what are your general memories of Dare? Uh, my general memories of Dare were I enjoyed them because we weren't doing school. <laughs> that's very fair that, that's about where i land do you have any other memories do you remember the mascot darren the lion i do re- i i had a black dare t-shirt yes yes uh, but mine maybe because i'm a little bit older mine was like the vanilla like jagged like red yeah dare like letters. Dare. but i didn't have like the lion mascot or any of that stuff okay. they may have rebranded come later Alrighty. Well, you were exactly right. So DARE is a program. It stands for Drug Abuse Resistance Education. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So close. So close. Um, And it was founded in 1983 as a partnership between L.A. Police Force and L.A. Public Schools. Did you say 83 or 93? 83. Okay. Yeah. So it was like super, it was supposed to be pretty simple. Like officers, police officers went into schools, talked to kids about um, drugs and it was intended to like boost their self-esteem so they didn't feel like peer pressure. So that timing lines up almost with the same concept of the Reagan era, like propaganda war on drugs. Exactly. This is, this is because of Nancy Reagan's just say no campaign um, that there was so much kind of public media talk about drugs. Um, and so it was really easy. The program like automatically just people were signing off on it left and right. People wanted it in their schools outside of LA. It was actually very bipartisanly accepted, um, which I thought was very interesting. And politicians loved it because they could say, hey, we are pro-kid, we are pro-police. And that was kind of two winning platforms um, at the time. And 
do you know how big if you had to guess how many like what percentage of schools in the nation ended up adopting dare i can't imagine many opted out it seemed i mean i i moved in elementary school and it seemed to be at both the schools that i went to in central tennessee I can only imagine there's a handful of schools that took position against it, but almost everyone adopted it. Yeah. So the vast majority did adopting it. It's kind of weird how dare like had to get into your school in the early days. So you would see advertisements on the TV of like, Hey, there's, do you want to keep kids off drugs? Go to your local like donut shop and get donuts and buy our dare bear. And it'll like, I, I remember having a dare bear. Um, and it'll support like the local dare funds and, and maybe it'll go to schools. Like very weird kind like of campaigning how you said, for and that. Maybe it will go to schools. And maybe it'll go to schools. Like nonprofits the the <laughs> world of nonprofit is a little bit wild, right? So maybe it'll go to schools. Um but it was huge. It eventually ended up in seventy five percent of all schools in the nation. Seventy five percent. Yeah. That's three out of every four schools had a dare program. Holy cow. And this was not a government like mandated program. This wasn't like the presidential test with the beeps and everything. Um, making this, tiny scrawny kids try to do tiny, one pull up in, yes. a, in gym class. Yeah, I remember that. This was something that like was funded in part by the government, but adopted by schools. Um, and speaking of funded by the government, it had between, um, in one year, I think it was 2003, they looked at the financials of it. And it's a little bit hard to tell because there's a lot of private donations that went in. But taxpayer donations alone was $75 million into DARE. And it ended up, they thought it might have up to $3 billion in funding per year. Wow. In 2003. Which, remember 2003 because there's some interesting stuff that happens before 2003. 2003 is a bit fuzzy <clears throat> for me. I, I left the country for a little bit. That's I was fair. Gone. That's fair. You don't have to remember it personally. Just yeah, remember okay. this year and how important it is. So it was everywhere. And my memories of D.A.R.E. are, um, like, as far as the curriculum went, I, there was, like, I remember the cool-ass suitcase that they came in with, like, all the drugs I have um, no recollection of this suitcase, know, but explain it to I everyone. I feel like not a lot of people have recollection of this. And so I wonder if it was something just... More local to you. More local, yeah. Um, but it was like a suitcase and it showed like all of what drugs looked like. So you could be like, oh, that... I have seen the suitcase. Uh-huh. That is a heroin. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is a heroin. A heroin. <laughs> um, that was the idea of it. So you could like take a look at it and be like, oh, but I just remember there was like a lot of pills and I was like, the blue pill is what? The red pill is, well, matrixy there. The white pill is what? <laughs> um, yeah, just kind of like looking at it. I was fascinated by it fascinated it explains a lot of like i for those of you who don't know i ended up in public health um for some time and that's what i studied in college and i really loved our health education classes which was one of the things that we had to take where you got to learn how to be a certified health educator very weird um but fascinated by that stuff right as a young kid um and yeah i remember i remember all of it. I remember my elementary school. So we had it fifth and sixth grade. So I was one year in elementary, one year in middle is when I had it. And I remember elementary school, no matter 
when like where you were you didn't have to be in fifth grade they had read ribbon week which was an extension of dare day which is something that um president reagan good job actually put into effect in 1988 and lasted through the obama administration like through part of it i remember dare in the middle school my middle school uh where i grew up was seventh and eighth grade so sixth state and elementary okay i know there's depending that. on the school district sometimes six gets into yeah uh that middle school stage of yeah. whatever that school district is but yeah i remember through eighth grade it through eighth grade yeah yeah i wonder if you had like extended classes maybe my town just needed it more maybe maybe so <laughs> um it's so interesting we love love it um but yeah so i remember that suitcase i also remember okay you have to remember that this was administered by police officers um I had a very big fear of police officers. I still do. Um, And that really kind of probably cemented it. I remember the D.A.R.E. officer that taught us. And they're supposed to be special um, trained officers. But ours was a little rough. He He was a little rough. And I remember him just absolutely scaring me to death (laughs) scaring me to death about everything I remember I was like flirting with this boy named Cameron and um we had I know Cameron and so this was in sixth grade and we had this thing like you know kids are like dumb when they try to flirt and we had this thing where like we would pass for the desk we'd like kind of stick out our leg and the other person would pretend to trip over it so I did that to him Chris don't look at me like that so I did that through that. It was just our thing, right? And I remember the cop getting in my face and being like, I could have you charged with assault for doing that. And everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So anyways, that, my fear runs deep now. <laughs> um, and that's always very strongly associated with Dare with me is like the fear of the police in me. Um, Interesting. Did you ever have uh, police officers in your school? Yeah, we had like a resource officer. Yeah, resource officer. Yeah, yeah I forgot yeah. what they were called. But they were they were they were very kind. I remember them being very kind and yeah. I remember yeah. the middle school resource officer somewhat being affiliated with Dare. He might not have been the one that administrated mm. it, but um, definitely like partnering there. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know why it is up through middle school that we try to have children embrace singing as a performance mechanism yes. in front of everyone or acting or those types of things. But mm-hmm. it's like, how many times are you like, Hey, let's all learn a song together. Let's sing it together in front of your parents at an awkward, you know, four thirty in the afternoon where almost no one can make it. Yes. Um, but they did like dare performances yes. in my middle school. Okay. Tell us, tell tell us more. Okay. I don't remember too much. I remember it being sponsored. I remember it being like, the polls of like drug outcomes in America, it was like very positive outcomes because someone did not, you know, didn't go down the, the drug choice path. Yeah. And it showed like probably what is very detrimental, like very, very detrimental. And I don't mean to make light of it. There are, it is definitely a struggle in our larger community of America, the communities we live in there as well. But it was like the, the poles of it. It was like the black and whiteness yeah. of, of drug interactions. And I remember to this very day, there was a choreographed like performance to the song. Um, uh, what's the song? I said it to you earlier. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Okay, Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> if you haven't heard that song, it's Turn it's it's very very ballady, <laughs> and it was like 
kids like Bob's Burger episode kids with like a drug like a uh, thing hung around their neck written really big it was like uh fill in the name drug here and kids were just wearing these big enormous like drug signs and they'd like turn them around and give them a hug and it was it was a performance and it was always that one they never made new material my whole time in dare it was always you gotta end with total eclipse of the heart every single time that is okay <laughs> that is incredible if anyone from Tennessee has these tapes. Will Pill pay medium dollars for them? <laughs> Will Pill little dollars. <laughs> little dollars for them. Um, did you participate in this, Chris? No, no. I was never, uh, during that age, I was never ever asked to be in it. Never. Who, who were the kids that were asked to be in that? Tape I, I wondered if there was some acting class in the middle school. I wasn't aware of it. Or that. maybe those were just the popular kids of the time. Uh, I had recently moved into that school. Gotcha. Gotcha. So dare performances, very real thing. Did, were there skits that came before by any chance? Like I vaguely recall uh, it wasn't the longest performance. It was like maybe a whole class period of time during school that they would just be like, all right, everyone jam in here together into the performance hall. We're going to watch this and then you're going to make it to your next class. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. Um, so we had a dare performance too, and we sang a whole ass song about <laughs> dare. <laughs> it had multi-part harmony. Um, I'm Multi- gonna, yes. how old were these kids? We were, I think we were fifth grade. Cause Is, I remember I was in our elementary school gym. Wow. Yeah. And, um, our class felt really special because we got the, like, we got like the rap part of it and I was one of the like little rappers that stood like there's groups of like two or three of us at each mic and each of us had like different lands and mine was like, check your attitude at the door. I do not want to score. I only want to win in this drug war. For the sake of everyone's ears, I'm not going <laughs> to laugh out loud, but that was hilarious. It was so good. So it was this entire rap. Um, if we can find it, Chris will edit it into the outro. For oh, definitely. This. I will find it. Listen it's to incredible. The I think you can find it on YouTube. Um, but absolutely wonderful. And I remember that was part of our experience was like we had our whole, it was the end cap of Red Whip and Ribbon Week, which was what our elementary school had for drug awareness. Um, and they had this whole book that went with it that didn't really match with drugs. And I always thought that was weird. And then it was red ribbons and all of this stuff. But that was the end cap of it. And it was, as you said, super black and white. It was um, don't do drugs or else really terrible things happen to you. There was no concept of kind of that middle ground. Um, and, you know, nothing works better on kids than absolutely telling them not to do something and then not explaining really why besides scaring them. In spite of, at least where I grew up, there was a pretty wide socioeconomic scale of uh, the part of Tennessee where I grew up. So, you know, drugs were probably pretty much a common experience for some kids I went to school with in, in elementary school. And so it's like, wow, can you imagine getting a different message than potentially what you're seeing in your home? Yeah, yeah. And not having that taken into consideration at all. And not having one bit any part of consideration. Yeah. Um, in the 2000s, D.A.R.E. put out a curriculum for parents, too. I, I think it was said just saying 
just say no to drugs is what it was called. Powerful. Powerful. Um, <laughs> but it had like very vague recommendations in it and um, like signs to look for if your kids, that your kids might be into drugs. And it was things like, I kid you not, being really competitive at a game. Like that is every kid. <laughs> that is, <laughs> excuse me, most kids get a little competitive at a game and like that is a sign of like possible drug anyways a little out of touch a little wow. scare tactic-y for this yeah okay but um so yeah so dare <laughs> we're here um dare it was in a lot of schools getting a lot of funding and finally someone was like hmm let's take a look at this let's see how effective it is christopher what are your thoughts on how effective it was? Uh, it was very effective of me not having to go to class. Okay. So um, I think a lot of children's <clears throat> lived experience was it was something that you went to, um, but it didn't necessarily alter the outcomes of what your community, your surroundings, and the probably available uh, illicit materials that were prevalent in most communities yes so much like abstinence only sex education is not found to be anywhere effective uh dare is also just period not effective um so in two in the 1990s and then again in the 2000s a couple of studies took a look at dare um and they looked at people both while they were in the program and then 10 years after the program's implementation. Um, and they figured out how much this program worked. And the answer is, it did not. And they boiled it down to kind of three reasons why it did not work. The first one was um, because it leaned on public hysteria and not evidence-based education. So how does that line up with your public health education because there's a whole science to how you deliver mm -hmm. information to a community to try to get them pushed into a public health uh, initiative, right? So I am a certified public health educator. I think that actually has lapsed at this point, but I did get certified in that. Um, and yeah, it was like head on, you have to have um, programs that are based in like evidence. <laughs> you have to have programs that are like statistically sound based on fact and like that are going to be appealing. And this fell short in some of these reasons. And we, we studied DARE as one of the less effective, not effective programs. Um, and I'll oh, say I, the best look. It had run its cycle enough for you to actually study it by the time. Yeah, you DARE was out of schools by the time I went to college. Oh, I didn't even know it was out of schools. Yes. So we will talk about the transition of DARE now. Okay. Uh, in a little bit. But yeah, it was out of schools by that time. So it okay. had been discontinued. Um, and yeah, they found it was extremely, extremely not effective. So um, like we talked about before. But you said one. There were three reasons. I'm sorry. Yeah, can I bring so you back? First one. It, it leaned on public hysteria instead of like taking the time to take a look at what was going on and how it'd be. That had all worked for, a, that was a very effective tool up until more recent, it seems, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it made eggs evil, of all things. Public hysteria made edible eggs egg. evil. No! <laughs> we love egg. 
Um, okay, so 1980s Nancy Reagan, war on drugs. All of the absolute terrible things that have come since then. Like, mm-hmm. we love that prisoners are getting out of prison because of cannabis. There needs to be more that does not cover nearly enough people. Um, I won't take us to, on too big of a side journey, but I watched <laughs> uh, an article, was it just last week? And I want to say the president of Venezuela got up in a NATO meeting and was like the war on drugs, like him himself, really nothing to like team up with anyone on. He was like, the war on drugs has failed. Yeah. His words. He's like, it has destroyed my country. It's killed so many people in my country. It's forced people into the illicit industry because it's only made that appealing to farmers. He's like, it's truly destroyed my entire community it was quite interesting to like read him talk about that i would love to do an episode fully on the war on drugs there's some like very powerful things out there yeah anyone is looking for a great book the hate you give is it's beautiful it's a young adult book written about um written from the point of view of a young lady who's living in a community um that has been impacted by drugs but not in the way you think can you get the book title again i think that might have been quick the hate you give perfect thank you um Okay, so it was terrible because it focused, it leaned so hard on this public hysteria. So it went into, like, they made this program really fast and not based on any sort of evidence. Um, They also called out the public hysteria. It was also driven by the police officers presenting it rather than a substance abuse educator, which really who should have been presented it. Um, As such, the curriculum, like, tended to focus on punitive consequences rather than any sort of rehabilitative education or any sort of um like well-rounded thought about it it was just like you do drugs you go to jail that makes sense that's an unfortunate side effect of putting people where their subject matter knowledge is the enforcement of law not necessarily the inverse of what the alternative uh, role would have been exactly someone who's like hey you know people mess up if you find yourself in this life path here's what can be done to get you out of it like all these things um and like how scary is it to have it, to, it, it was a zero tolerance type curriculum and to have a uniformed police officer in the, the, in the presence of the, like teaching the education um, made the program more adversarial is what experts are saying rather than educational, um, especially for kids who had like uh, police involved experiences outside of the classroom. Right. Yeah. That's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, okay, so politics also played a role in keeping Dare alive maybe a little bit too long. Um, so um, one of these studies was run by the Department of Justice on the efficacy of Dare. And um, policies and policymakers and politicians were really fast to dismiss any questions about Dare's efficacy, which led to it never being like revised or re-looked at or anything. They kept the same kind of same standardish curriculum throughout all of these years. Um, oh, it's such a honeypot when you think about it. Right. Do, do you want to keep kids away from bad things? Give us money. Exactly. Exactly. Like how do you, it's on the surface, like how do you say no to that? Right. But if you peel one layer back as often when you do, there's more layers. It's an onion. Everything's an onion. Oh, Everything. are onions. <laughs> Um, and Dare actually tried to, uh, sue somebody, I don't know, I can't tell who, to keep that research that the Department of Justice did, like, quiet. 
So it kind of went into this bucket that was never seen again, really didn't hear about it for years. Um, and then the third reason it failed was just it was like kind of bad curriculum. Um, it just didn't keep people engaged. It was like PowerPoint lectures for fifth and sixth graders, which I don't know how many fifth and sixth graders you, but actually your kids are around, right around that age. <laughs> there, they, they need some like some movement, some action, something to keep the focus, right? And so yeah. like sitting there and just presenting on a PowerPoint for a long time, maybe not the best way to have information absorbed into little minds. So um, that is what why Dare didn't like super workout and they actually have pulled it out of schools now it's uh, when when do they pull it out of schools um i'm trying to remember if Give you don't know that's fine second. um i don't remember off uh do, 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 do. 2009 2009 so that thing lived for 20 25 years or yeah. so yeah, and they, it's replaced by this new curriculum called Keeping It Real, which is like... <laughs> Where was that when I was in school? I don't know. It was... I know, it's a very 80s title. <laughs> um, but in... So it's rebranded to be less of... Um, Consequential. Yeah, less, less drug-focused, actually. It's oh. more teaching kids how to respond to anything in life that they're uncomfortable with. It's making them little boundary kings and queens and thems. And it's amazing. Um, it's actually a lot more effective. So Dare stopped. This started um, again. Or this now. Oh, thank you. Keep those feet down. <laughs> um, keep it real took its place. And it's now what's in schools now. Is it in the 75-ish percent? Was it like full replacement, I assume? Um, I don't have any facts on like how many of the schools chose to keep it to do that okay yeah um but it it it, early studies show it is more it does have more effect um and i would like to close the scientific part of this with the funnest fact funnest fact that kids who did dare are actually more likely to be habitual drug users the kids who were never in the program than those 25 percent of schools that didn't have the program which i think is hysterical um, there's no real good reason why it really could be just a weird data set that somebody I was about to say my, my mind's going through it's like of oh, the 25% what was the socioeconomic yeah. events yeah. around those 20 yeah like there, there's a lot of things that can sway outcomes when you're just looking at averages there's generally there's a lot of things and so I don't want to like lean too hard into that data but I think that is just like a fun title to put on things that as children of dare we are more likely to not resist drugs interesting and i there's i I don't know much if anything i only get (laughs) like headlines and what's served up to me but for decades now america has been a centralized place to ship drugs to despite the you know in spite of all risks there because it's such a profitable industry here in america right yeah whether legalized or not like i i don't know how keeping it real hangs out in Oregon with full decriminalization of everything. But I'm sure it definitely will help people like find how to create boundaries, maybe how to think through problems logically or something like that. I'm not familiar with the curriculum. It's R-E-A-L, I'll stand for, of I course wish it I does. had it. Yeah, of it stands it for does. things you can do to like, to like stop peer pressure, essentially. Um, yeah. 
but I can't remember what it is, but it's much more focused on like how you as a kid, you, you don't have to make, like you get around peer pressure. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny how like I can, I can appreciate what maybe dare thematically set out to do. Yeah. Like I can, I can, I don't know. I think a part, a part of me sits there and be like, yeah, you know, if you want to give people, uh, I think the curriculum was where it fell apart and that's where like the, the best intentions were like laid. Yeah. It's like, Hey, if, if you're not exposed to it, maybe if you're not uh, getting it at home or you're not necessarily associated with understanding outcomes, it's like giving some people some information. Right. Yeah. But it, to your point, if you don't change it, if you don't look at the efficacy of it all, what are we, what are you really doing? If you don't make it engaging. Right. Yeah. It's, and yeah, I, yeah, it was wild. I also remember it being very heavily skewed towards like uh, illicit drugs. We learned this word the other day. Yes, we did. Illicit drugs. You want to teach people illicit and illegal? Yes. A whole conversation <laughs> in a car, everyone. So we passed something that was like something kids more illicit drugs. I I don't remember what it was. Some we were like, What's propaganda the on a billboard illicit? is probably what it was. Yeah. What's the difference between illicit and illegal? Um, and illicit just means it could be illegal, but not always. It's more like frowned upon in society. So like Taylor Swift's song, Illicit Affairs, that should have been a context clue there. Kind of frowned upon, uh, frowned upon in this society to have an affair. Yeah, it kind of goes against yeah. the general moral compass of the society yeah. in spite of its legality yeah. or illegality. Could right? be illegal, could just be frowned upon. Yeah. And illegal is just illegal. So... Um, it focused like heavily on, like, I remember a lot of marijuana. I remember like overly focusing on pills and there was a lot of cocaine in there too. And, um, but really not a lot about alcohol, which is very interesting. What about tobacco? You grew up, you grew up in the Tar Heel state. Yes. You grew up in the state where one of its number one, I guess, GDP outputs is tobacco. Yeah. How did that ever get conveyed to you? So you have to remember, I lived in a city, and like, I, understand I never that. saw in the middle the city in the, in the middle, middle of all the tobacco, though. Oh, but I never saw tobacco until I visited like ten a, years later. A field trip farm. Not even then. Like I, I was visiting some family at that time who lived in North Carolina. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, who lived by tobacco, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> they were a, like, "It's tobacco." That's a big plant. <laughs> yeah. So it it really wasn't like I. I don't feel like my life was much impacted by the tobacco industry that surrounded. Interesting. Us. Yeah. I just didn't know if Dare picked that up at all, or if it was maybe I don't remember brushed tobacco. aside or something. Yeah, I don't remember tobacco and alcohol really being discussed more than as a drug. Yeah, but not like the consequences of it were not nearly in your head as much as that. Yeah. yeah. But but it focused on to bring us back to the the quote unquote harder. Uh, drugs or yeah. the class one schedule one yes. drugs i assume right i, I guess so yeah. <laughs> oh man dare what a time do you have any other memories you'd like to share you did mention oh, you were yeah. a dare role model okay so take everyone back to high school i had a general rule i had a handful of general rules of thumb one of those general rules of thumb were if you were asked to do something that could get you out of regular school for a day, <laughs> you signed up every single time. No matter how horrible it was or how fun it was going to be, you just hadn't had to be in class. And I, have, I raised my hand every single time. <laughs> in this scenario, I never raised my hand. 
apparently I've become cool enough finally. Ooh, cool, Chris. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I had, um, I can't recall at the time, someone uh, came and got me out of class and asked me if I would uh, be a dare role model. And so holding on to, to my, my moral compass of not school, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll do that. What does that mean? They're like, oh, you just go to the elementary school and you're just like, say hi to kids and and you and we go through like the the dare thing. It was like a one day or maybe it was a two day thing, right? How old were you when you got asked to do this? I may have been may have been a sophomore or a junior. Okay. I was a new driver, so like I could have been like tail end of my sophomore year or something yeah. like that. And you did. You just went to the local elementary school. With the dare officer, you you slapped on a T-shirt, you you high five little kids, and I will let you know, I was a minority when it came to the the mentors of not doing drugs. <laughs> I would say most of the other kids that were quote unquote mentors from the high school were heavily involved in drug usage themselves, if not the movement of drugs through our community <laughs> as well. We love it. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Well. It was it was a wild time. Got a free T-shirt. That's it. what did you have to do as a role model? Did you just sit I, there? I stood in front of like classes. I think when I was pointed at, I was like, "Hey, yeah, it's 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 cool to not do drugs, right?" Just the yeah. the barest minimum. I was not an effective mentor. Is what it really came out to be. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I love that, though. When I was like, Chris, what are your memories of Darren? He was like, I was a dare role model. I was like, what? <laughs> Save that for the podcast. So thank you for enlightening us about dare role models. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's adorable. Um, yeah. So do you have anything else? Any closing memories you want to share on dare? Um, I feel like it was a forced thing that we all had to do. You didn't really have a choice. But I also came from an era of school where I think parents or maybe I didn't see it at all parents weren't really very adversarial to what was happening into the schools of me growing up you don't see some of this like maybe as much upheaval today about oh a book in the library or something like that and so it's just kind of we all just kind of did it uh, of course some other things that we did like when when the local reenactment came through town and and Definitely had to see the Civil War reenactment fe- people come to school. So, yeah, I grew up in a different period of time in a different part of the country. <laughs> but for the most part, I was like, ah, it's dare. It gets me out of class. Um, I was taught drugs were bad, uh, very binary things. Um, but in your childhood mind, I don't think you get that middle ground, that gray area much to go and explore in. It's true. It's true. I wonder how our attitudes, like, I would like to continue this kind of like thought train into a different episode on like as millennials, where are we now with drugs? Like what is, what is our sitch with them? Um, and I think it would be interesting to see kind of like, did what now we know dare didn't work. Did it have any impact on us? Or yeah. Yeah. It would be really interesting to see, I guess just, um, where marijuana is decriminalized across the country and what are those like outcomes of those states where millennials are a large population yeah. of like buying power yeah. in some of those states and see if there are issues, non-issues. 
etc. Because I, wherever anyone stands in their moral compass, we don't want to encroach on that at all. Um, but yeah, this was just a lived experience, and yes. it was really fun to go back in in time and just be like, oh my gosh, I had completely forgotten about that, except for the branding, black shirt, red letters. <laughs> Somehow it like stuck around in in your drawer somehow for years after you got it, but yeah, they're probably not effective needed on me or other kids. I don't know. I tried to buy like a vintage old school dare shirt and so I could tie dye it essentially for the bit. Um, they're so expensive now. You can get like knock off like new ones, right? But the old ones so expensive why h&m isn't doing dare shirts I instead don't know. of instead of 80s metal band shirts or like yeah. your shirts where i'm just i get a little prickly about that i'm like you probably haven't even listened to a song of iron maiden why are you wearing an iron maiden shirt Maybe i digress iron maiden. <laughs> perfect so, well i am very interested in keeping it real i'm gonna go take read an article on that now yeah seriously let's find out all about this <laughs> wonderful anything else Cheech? nothing else okay last thing if you made it this far in the podcast thank you so much for staying with us thank you for twitch thank you for people who came to twitch did people come i'm sorry the screen's too far away from me um but this is recording it live this is crazy this feels like very very different yeah it does um i was a lot more nervous this time. yeah so i'm i'm a person i don't like asking much from anyone but we definitely want to reach out to those uh people who follow us those people who enjoy coming and listening to our content to help us spread the word um come and you know on our social medias on our platforms now youtube and twitch come and subscribe come and like Feel free to share it with anyone else there as well. We'd love to definitely grow this podcast as we continue to have fun with it. Anything else there to add, Gigi? Nothing. We love you all. This has been really fun. Thanks for those of you that stopped in. And, and we will catch you later. And where can anyone find us? Oh, yeah. My Millennial Gap on Instagram. You have to see my panicked face now every time this question gets asked. Right. My Millennial Gap on TikTok. No, my Millennial Gap pod on TikTok. And mind the millennial gap at gmail.com. And mind the millennial gap on YouTube? Yes. Mind the millennial gap on Twitch. On Twitch. Man, Perfect. we are getting into too many platforms now. This is fun, though. Not enough. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming and watching yes. as well this time. Bye. Bye. Bye.